Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show, a weekly podcast where artists and performers go to chat about nothing. Hosted by Canadian singer-songwriter Todd Donald. Good morning, everyone. Real-life friends and family of Neil Mahoney are all aware of the loss that they're dealing with right now. And I want to send them all the love and good vibes I can today. Although I can't imagine they're listening to this right now, and I, I wouldn't want them to be. For those of you listening to this podcast right now, Neil Mahoney was the third leg of the tripod that is Jonah Radio, a podcast that was among my closest company through several years of battling depression delivered by a factory job, and several times I was ready to give up doing the Todd Donald show. I'm only lucky that I got to tell Jonah when he was on here how grateful I am to him, Cash, and Neil for Jonah Radio. Neil, to me, if not a personal friend in real life, was is someone who had great taste in music, made me laugh an awful lot, and left us all decades too soon. Thanks for digging the little music bit I made for Jonah Radio's This Day in Music, bud. And rest in peace. I am, on the other hand, (laughs) very blessed that another podcast trio, three peeps that without level jumping I do already consider friends, and as well as two of theirs is Baby and Sarah M., are all currently with us and healthy, and they do a podcast called Pull the Plug, which made its return from Matt Leaf just in time for Christmas. And they're all lovely people, funny, talented. I would give up TDS in a heartbeat to start a different show with any one of them, any one of the grown-ups, of course. Shannon Godley was on episode one in September 18, and spring 19, I had Justin Godley on for episode 17, and now you're hearing episode 100 with Justin Briner. Can't believe I'm still around. Uh, and I couldn't be happier that it's with Justin. If you're along for the ride, if you're in the PTP podcast world, you'll already know these three wonderful people. And you'll know that Pull the Plug is a, a, long, a long-running Kitchener-Waterloo podcast about three friends hanging out, having a laugh, and playing unplugged indie music. I mean, you'll already know that. I don't even need to say that. But, you know, by proxy, I just said that stuff for those who might not have known that. Lastly... If you're wondering, we recorded our conversation back in November or December, which is why we didn't have much to say about the, you know, the toxically masculine white supremacist terrorist who attacked the U.S. without much or any combatants from those who would otherwise have bashed people out of Black Lives Matter protests. And we all know that happened. And we all know what happened. I'm, I'm not ready to, to joke about that or Jamiroquai or whatever. My relationship with social media is distant, but... I care about other people's voices and what they have to say. So I am reading and I am listening. Anyway, a lot of heavy stuff on the top of episode 100. If you haven't all skipped my intro, bless you. I I know how tempting it is and I know how to do it. It's, It's easy. Listen up though. Justin Briner is someone I can't wait to visit back home. He's the third of the Pull the Plug podcast who've all been very good to me and kind And this podcast, uh, very cousinly, Justin's also a very talented musician and singer-songwriter whose band, The Wilt Aways, just released recently their first EP. I have all of his music in their music. Got it on Bandcamp, which is where you need to go if you give a shit about supporting the artist. And I'm glad Justin and I chatted. I expected for a long time that it would be fun. And it was. Enjoy our convo. 
Going into that from this song, from his solo music, this is Justin Briner with Heroes for Ghosts. And maybe I really treated my heroes for ghosts. Maybe I spent too much time on my own. Maybe I really treated my heroes for ghosts. Seem to lose the ones I love the most. Cause here we go as we travel along Soapin roads to the people you meet from show to show And I'll move around from town to town Drink a beer at every watering grounds The life you leave when you're traveling alone I need to pick me up, I can barely steer My vision is very clear I go again wishing you were here so I get to the end of a brick wall And it might have been around some time late fall But it's always me falling alone Here I go again on my own Maybe I really treated my heroes for ghosts Maybe I spent too much time on my own Maybe I really treated my heroes for ghosts Seem to lose the ones I love the most Come and go, still I travel along Send this road in hopes I'll see your face once more Rest assured you're gone and burned I just left the float Cryptic words I've treated my heroes for ghosts I've treated my heroes for ghosts I've treated my heroes for ghosts Maybe I really treated my heroes for ghosts Maybe I spent too much time on my own Maybe I really treated my heroes for ghosts Seem to lose the ones I love the most Maybe I really treated my heroes for ghosts Maybe I spent too much time on my own Maybe I really treated my heroes for ghosts Seem to lose the ones I love the most Seem to lose the ones I love the most Maybe I really treated my heroes for ghosts Maybe I spent too much time on my own Maybe I really treated my heroes for ghosts Seem to lose the ones I love the most 
And sad that I didn't make this happen pre-COVID, but back when I was still in Waterloo. Got Shannon over, got Justin over, and yep. Justin B connecting to Zoom for you, figuring out the time zone differences. and Yes, exactly. Now, pull the plug. Of course. It's not over, is it? It's just on mat leave, right? Yeah, so um, two out of three of us had a kid. That's that's kind of changed everything a little bit, and as well as this whole COVID thing. So it's it's not over by any means. We're just taking a little bit of a little bit of a break. I'm sure in the new year we'll come swinging again. But uh, and we might even put out a Christmas show. So that could still happen. Definitely, definitely not over. Pull the plug again. An ex- excellent, excellent show. Uh, and I say show because well, is that the word you'd use? What show? <laughs> excellent. I grew up on Bill and Ted, so yeah. Okay, fair enough. And I say show because it hasn't always been a podcast because it started even before that. Before we do like a deep dive into our shared DNA, shared timeline. Uh, yeah. What What is it about Pull the Plug, which is what it's always been called? What is it about doing it that, that you, in particular, keep coming back to it or staying with it for and, and, and collectively, I guess, too? Um, well, obviously, it's Shannon and Justin. The camaraderie between us three is just, it's untouchable. Like where the first time I ever met them, uh, so I was in the Conestoga College Radio Program. And the sh- so the show was already on air. I was just pretty much starting out and I was firing off some MP3 tracks of some songs I was demoing. And so I sent them their way because it is, uh, and it's always, always has been uh, showcasing acoustic talent. Um, locally. I fired them off a couple songs. They, you know, they dug them and Shannon reached out and she said, Hey, like, would you like to come on the show and play? And I said, yeah, okay. That sounds like an all right time. So we hooked up and I came and played. You stayed for the whole show, which is like, I think it started at like nine and ended at like one in the morning or something. Stayed for the whole show. And then as I'm leaving, she, she goes, Hey, like, I know you're in the program. Would you like to come co-host the show with me and Justin? And I told her, absolutely not. (laughs) I said, no. Like, uh, and at this point, it was like my first year, just fucking scared, you know? Yeah. So I was like, no, not not at all. (laughs) Just over time, you know, I kept sending them tracks and like, I'd come in and play. And every time she's like, you need to be on our show, like be on our show. Yeah. One time I was like, okay, you know what? Okay, I'll be on your show. This is this is a blast. Uh, and it's because of those two people. They are uh, some of the coolest and nicest people that I've ever met in my entire life. I, you know what? I, I couldn't I couldn't picture myself doing a, a podcast with with anybody else really, um, right. Because of the chemistry that we have together, I knew that the first time they invited me on the show, just instantly, it was like, wow, these people get me. I get them. It's all common interest. You know, they're funny. They, they get my sick humor. And mm-hmm. so it just, it really fit into the, to the whole show aspect. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how it came to, to be. And uh, why I keep coming back is because I still get that boost, just endorphins every time I come on that show and I'm with those two people. Well, yeah, because it's the Well, I... I <laughs> thrown out there like i think i was actually there but like the energy of being around friends that you love it that that's what i would guess it is i i think it's beautiful hearing you say it. there's this thing where and i consider myself an expert from armchair university right. when it comes of to course podcasts <laughs> um i think you, you uh, got a, you got a piece of paper now well i mean i got justin b from from uh, pull the plug i feel and i believe that the three of you all love making a podcast and, and being on a podcast. But I would say more than that, 
dwarfed by this that you yeah. love being on a podcast together. Exactly. Uh, yeah, 100%. And yeah, you get that. And here's that's what uh, yeah, I sorry. think we want to come across as, you know? We want that to, to relay to the audience. And it's like we're having, well, obviously, you know, it's like having a conversation and you're all invited, right? So right. we want you to all feel like you're, hey, just like another person in the room that we're chatting to. I feel like those of us who started in yeah, the 2000s it's just, it's great. are the ones who actually invented that. And I hear podcasts coming out of the, the, the cracks in the street 2018, 2019, that are like, hey, we invented this new concept that's like conversational interviews. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you're all a lot better at branding than I'll ever be, so I'll keep my mouth shut. Yeah, but no, you're the- right, though. 100%. <laughs> so I'm just bursting with positive energy that I want to shoot all over you. The hey, thing, I'll take it. Anything on me is a good thing. A reference to the kind of uh, vibe you can find on the excellent program with the uh, yes, delightful yes. combo excellent. of Justin, Justin, and Chan. I love that. I think that's <laughs> our new tagline, Todd. Excellent program. Here's the thing I want to say about it as the expert I am. One can tell. I didn't catch the radio show when I was on CGIQ at the same time as you guys all those years ago. Yes. Uh, big fan of podcasting the whole way through. Somewhere in between the radio times and having Shannon on this show times discovered the podcast that you guys do and immediately two things are happening one you can tell that three friends are having a great time chatting together and have very good and entertaining chemistry the other thing is though it's alienating no one there are podcasts where it's friends hanging out and it's very much inside baseball between those three friends and they think they're entertaining other people, but they're really just entertaining themselves. And that's cool. Oh, totally but, get that, man. Yeah. But you don't need to know either of you three or have listened before no. to, to not only feel like you're part of it, but also that it's entertaining to you. And yet it's not kissing your ass as a listener. In its essence, it's drawing you in that way. Sorry. And, that, and that's what I got. And that's what I was drawn to. Yeah. And I've so therefore, in summary, have always appreciated our camaraderie as uh, pod family sort of thing. And I, I think that's something from um, the beginning, at least even before I got there with uh, like Shannon and Carolyn, when they both started the show. I think that's what they wanted to come across. And they're, they're both those type of people that it's like, okay, this is great for both of us, but we just want this to be uh, like everybody included. It, yeah. Like you said, we want to showcase quote unquote, our talents, but it doesn't even, it's not even about that. It's just about really having a good time. And I think the way we relay the show, it really comes across as, you know, everyone's included and just have a laugh. Like we all need a laugh and especially now more than ever. That's what we've always tried to do is just make people laugh. I think everyone can connect with something like that. You know what I mean? It's not just like a niche. We're talking about this today or blah, blah, blah. It's we cover various subjects. How can we make them funny? And it's just all off the cuff, right? Nothing's written down. It's just how we're feeling at the time and whatever we want to say. And then sprinkled in there, you have all this acoustic talent from, uh, you know, local region, which obviously that's what attracted me to the show to begin with. But what kept me there was the humor. Hey, this next song is another solo Justin Briner track. It's called Silhouette of a Cigarette. It's linked below in the show notes if you're wondering what these songs are. Enjoy. So you 
remember the taste of my skin Do you remember the taste of my skin Do you remember the taste of my skin And the feelings within Sex, drugs, alcohol spilled on your rug I still can remember the day We took a drive, smoked some cigarettes You look so pretty in your silhouette Started making out and things got out down on you to a favorite song You made a man out of me that day And I'll always remember the way you taste But do you remember the taste of my skin? Do you remember the taste of my skin? Do you remember the taste of my skin? And the feelings within Do you remember the taste of my skin? Do you remember the taste of my skin? Do you remember the taste of my skin? And the feelings within Then things started going sour We took a drive a few hours Headed south as far as south can go Then you laid it on me Not so slow You said I really wasn't your cup of tea you never really meant very much to me Got lost and smoked a cigarette I couldn't even recognize your silhouette Do you remember the taste of my skin? Do you remember the taste of my skin? Do you remember the taste of my skin? And the feelings within Do you remember the taste of my skin? Do you remember the taste of my skin? Do you Remember the taste of my skin And the feelings within With a full tank of gas that's hit the road With a full tank of gas we'll never come home And this is the beginning of the end of the mark This is the beginning of the end of the mark This is the beginning of the end of the mark And this is how you've left your mark Do you Remember the taste of my skin 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 And all the feelings within This is always what comes up when I think about it. Like, I wish I knew you guys back then. Uh, yes. Because we would have been involved some way on the radio. I think so. For you guys, the show, uh, starting on CJIQ, has always been pull the plug. It's been, I'm going to use the, the word rock steady. My show has gone by several different names and cancellations. Um, okay. <laughs> there was a show on 88.3 on Friday nights called The British Invasion. So I took it over. Yes, I remember that. Spring 2006. And I basically shit canned its core audience by slowly playing less and less Brit rock and playing more and more indie stuff <laughs> and having my friends' bands that I played gigs with at the time right. on the show. Indie took it over. I think that's what I wanted. It's just what ended up happening. Right. But around that same time, Shannon and Carolyn had pulled the plug, which was on what night? I think it was Wednesdays. Okay, we'll cut to spring 2007. I changed the name to the Indie Invasion. You know, having indie stuff, especially local profited us as much as it did the station for CanCon, if not more. So Yeah, exactly. And I might I might have met Shannon 
around this time too, 2007. 2008, I took my show, The Indie Invasion, and amalgamated with CKMS's The Rock Show. My my friend Carrie came over yep. and we, we called it The Indie Rock Invasion Show, Iris. I left in 2009. She kept it going. Pull the plug, still going. Yes. Spring 2012, yep. all non-student uh, radio shows are now not allowed on the air anymore. It's all for students. Fair enough. What yeah. do the three of you guys and I have in common? Well, we really care about making our show, and we understand technology. So fucking A. Uh, that's true, and that's um, a big thing. And I was doing the, the iTod Lounge at the top of 2008, but it was a really shitty YouTube-only podcast, which kind of makes it not a podcast. Right. Still today, <laughs> me under a different name, and you guys still as Pull the Plug, going on into our 13th year? Yeah, yeah. Uh, something like that now. It's it's actually unbelievable. Like even just how long even I've been, like I said, I'm, I haven't been there since the start. I think it was 2009 or 10 when I you first started. You might as well have been. So, You're um, like Brian Johnson. Like yeah. when, when was he not in ACDC really? You know, a good point. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been longer now than not really. So it's crazy to think that we've been doing this so long. And um, like you said, yeah, the name hasn't changed. Um, I think if you brought up our name in a discussion in Kitchener, I, th- I think it would be, it'd be noted at least. <laughs> it's always been very good. I think I just got good the last couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> but we're always evolving, right? Like it's, that's what yeah. we do as, as podcasters, as broadcasters, as whatever you want to call us. I mean, we're always trying to uh, go with the times and how can we push the limit or how can we change things up to make us fresh and, you know, do what we've always been doing. That's an interesting thing about it too. Even just the human condition, like I'm, I'm sure just like it has been with me, like, to go through just one year of making a show, to get into a zone of doing it, like the energy, no matter what you're going through. Oh, yeah. No, no matter what, you know, what's going on in your life. Yeah. What age were you when you started? I think I was 19. Now, these are exciting yet tumultuous years. Yeah. And yet yeah. the show remained unscathed. <laughs> it's such a, it's such a wild trip, man. Like like you said, you know, we, we always have so much going on in our lives all the time. But knowing that this was the one consistent, it was always very reassuring that it's like, okay, you know what? I'm going to at least have a good time this day in the week. You know what I mean? So up until, I mean, this last year, really, um, we were going weekly and doing shows. So it was, uh, it's kind of crazy. But uh, yeah, every time I do it, like I said, it's just uh, such a boost. It, it just makes you feel so good to do, to do it. And uh, I, I really couldn't, you know, whether it's weekly, whether it's monthly, I couldn't imagine my life without it. Well, congrats to um, Shannon and Justin. I mean, it's it's yeah. not new news, but they got a beautiful baby in their life now, and uh, they're yes. going to start a new podcast with the baby and be like, "Oh, where's Justin? Oh, D? for Who sure, cares? we got the baby now." I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. 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 Doesn't matter. The day that we're recording this, Justin Godley's birthday. He's 45 today. He Show. is 45. And how good does he look? <laughs> the guy's looking more and more like Jesus every day, and uh, <laughs> I love him for it. You three seem like the type that are just like we're proud of what we're done. We're not going to scrub anything yeah. from the show history, but what's the most like personal thing maybe for you that you sometimes cringe thinking that you talk so openly about on the podcast? That is a very good question. I don't know. Like, I mean, if, if you listen to the show, like, I mean, we're, we're pretty much open books about a lot of things We're we're not going to, that's interesting. We're not going to like poke at each other to the point where we're, we're, we're mad. You know what I mean? So like we, we all kind of know our limits 
I think it's always kind of been that way, to be honest with you. Like we've always had this mutual respect that we're not going to say something that will super offend one of us. I mean, maybe some of the listeners, unfortunately, at some points. Right. But uh, I, can't, I can't pinpoint something that was like, oh, you know, we shouldn't talk about that. Or I actually feel kind of shitty that um, they said that about me or it's never been like that um, where I've cringed or like, I mean, I've cringed because it's like, there's a silly offside joke or something. Right. But right. it was never a, there was never anything personal or anything. So I, I mean, I can't overly pinpoint something that I've really been like, Oh, I don't know about that. Well, that's amazing. I mean, for 330 episodes yeah. strong, right. And to not have one of those, I yeah. got so many bra. Yeah. So, <laughs> Nothing offensive post-2016. I've always been good that way, just because I'm a good human being. Yeah. I love all human beings. But I've yes. said certain things to the effect of, like, I, I think Kitchener's been taken over by robots. Uh, gentrification's yeah. happening, yeah. condos. And I'm even, like, saying that right now. And I'm like, I, it's kind of still true. But to put it out yeah. there, brand culture kind of ruining the definition of culture. And it's not good. But, you know, yeah. maybe I could find good things to say about it. And, and it's one thing is not the whole picture, right? You guys, No, it certainly isn't. You, you know you can clarify something you said last week and be like, we're pulling punches yeah. at Madonna and, and we also feel yeah. this way about Madonna. And here's the thing. And that's what we, we, we do. Like, I mean, we, we have the, the liner at the beginning of the show that says, hey, this is an explicit podcast. Like, so you, you know what you're getting into. So it's not... It's not shocking. And I think for our listeners, it's not shocking for us to, to say something, like I said, an offside joke, but then we will right after it's just like, you know, like we're, we're literally just kidding. Like it's not, it's a personal attack on anybody, but that's what the show's always been, even on radio. I mean, now it's, it's kind of heightened because we can really say whatever we want, but it, it was never like, I've never felt like, oh shit, you know, we, we shouldn't have said that. Because we, we do always clarify what we're talking about, and it's never out of context, I don't think. so. We're just putting that out there, trying to cover. Yeah. Our, <laughs> All right. On the note of you know what we say on podcasts, are you good at pulling like kidding humor without telling the person or the guest that you're just kidding? Yeah, I think I, me as a person, anyways, I've, I've always been pretty okay with that. I've always kind of like what you see and hear on the, the, the show. That, I mean, that we're not putting anything on. Like, this is us, right? Yeah. So we're always these people. So, and maybe a little segue, maybe into your next little bit. You know, I've been playing shows since I was 17. So it's, it's like I, you, you've had to know how to pull things out of like an audience mm-hmm. and get a reaction. I think I've always been okay with doing that. Um, and just the person that I am, it's just always kind of maybe work to my benefit. Right. Here's the thing about you and I, uh, that yes. your co-hosts on Pull the Plug don't share in common. You and I are both also singer-songwriters. Yes, we are. That's something that you keep strong at, even though maybe scrub 2020 from the thing. Although, have you tried to gig this year? I mean, honestly, it's been super hard, and especially with, unfortunately, so many venues closing. I mean, it's it's really hard to even book anything. Like, I mean, it's it's becoming impossible. And now you have just like restrictions. And um, we, we had some goals, certainly, um, beginning of this year. And then March hit. We just released. So when I say we, I'm in a band called The Wiltaways. And uh, we just recorded our first EP. And so it was like, okay, yeah, now we're going to set up a bunch of debut shows and all this stuff. And we had some stuff in the works. And then it was just pretty much kibosh by COVID. So... Nothing really this year in that respect. When, when did the Wiltaways start? I think it's been about two years now. 
we kind of started out just it was it was just me and a guy that I worked with actually uh, Greg and um, he was always like trying to get me to jam because he, he you know I've been playing solo acoustically for so many years and uh, you know what I'd, I'd never been in a band so it was just like one of those things where it's just like can I do this like I I don't know we just kind of started playing together and he's the other guitarist in the band you know, screwing around he's kind of got a garage that we can do it so you know it was kind of sounding kind of cool and so i was like okay i i know two other people that play drums and bass and two absolutely excellent dudes it was just one of those things instantly that it was like like pull the plug it was like you just knew that this group of guys like the chemistry was just absolutely there right away like it's like we've been playing for 10 years already it was it was, it was so cool so uh, we're we're super hyped about that we're kind of just doing covers and stuff at first obviously and we're, we're going by a, a joke band in, in my hometown of uh, New Hamburg. Yeah, I used to work and, at Bittishon um, for a little bit. Oh, right on. Basically, I, I'm not sure if you're familiar. Well, uh, obviously, there's there's a, the Nith River in New Hamburg. There used to be this tale that someone back in the day found an alligator or crocodile or something in the river. So there was always this thing like, oh, there's Nith River monsters and blah, blah, blah. So... For us to be kind of cheeky and stupid, and um, um, we started calling ourselves the Nith River Moisters. And so we were playing shows, like just being stupid and having covers. And, you know, it, it was a super blast. And then it just turned into something like, okay, like, yeah, we, we've been doing all these covers. Let's do something serious. Like, let's, I have all of these songs that I didn't know at the, at the time, but I was, I was writing them for, for a band. You know what I mean? That's um, right. I just couldn't showcase acoustically because it was just like, I needed all these other elements. I like think I it's nice about, both ways. You know, Sorry. 10 songs. And I'm like, okay. Like there, there's the pull the plug acoustic vibe. Like, you, you know, it's always nice to hear an acoustic version of anything or like when it, totally. when a band yep. does an acoustic album, but also it feels like there's something missing when you can't be a part of something or haven't yet. That's not just the full band sound, but also the environment of playing with other people, either in the moment or or hearing something come together. So yeah. I, I'm, I, I I wanted to take over and speak for you because I'm rude. No, not at all. Uh, I yeah, no, completely, man. It's like a, we're always as musicians, at least myself, I'm always kind of chasing the next thing. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I, I'm not just going to sit here and play the same five acoustic songs that I've been, you know, that I've written 10 years ago and just keep running with those. I want to write for a full band. I want to write for this kind of a sound and to reflect our sound, like we're kind of going for this nineties alt kind of sound. Right. So I grew up with, with so many, and still to this day, so many bands like Smashing Pumpkins and Third Eye Blind and you know, all these bands that influenced me so much over the years. It's like, I, I want to write what I'm feeling with listening to these bands for so many years. How can I showcase that? And so, yeah, it was, it was super cool to start writing serious music with guys that are just wonderful dudes and um, know what they're doing. And like I said, the chemistry is everything. So when we were able to go up and uh, record the EP, it was cool because that was the first time, like like I said, like recording something with a band. Oh, it's been a blast so far. Hey, this next song is track two of five from the Wilt the Ways EP, and this song is an awesome song, and it's called Mars. Selling our souls for cars 
I guess I just also aspire to be like those who are able to find themselves in a group, like, like a team, the, that aura of the band. You know what I mean? Like Paul McCartney's got yeah. some, some big old hits, but you know, nothing looks as cool as Beatles. Right. No, ex- exactly. When you, when you come together, you know, with a couple other people, it's like you're brainstorming. Chances are you're going to get a better outcome in my, like, I yeah. mean, you're, you're having all these people who are imagining the different things that stuff obviously you're not going to think about like it's just it's just how it is i'm going to provide links to you listening because i do have yeah, a link certainly here. and i love solo albums too so I, I i really uh can't wait to dig into this stuff i literally just followed you on Bandcamp. you have 10 albums on here or 10 10 band camp <laughs> releases yeah some of them are some of them are old some of them are new um like i said in the last couple of years it's it's more so been me doing this band thing so it's kind of been me writing for the band more than anything so um those are the songs are a little older on the band camp um but still obviously stuff i'm proud enough to keep up there so if, if i can just kind of touch on the writing style a little bit no nope. um no nope. anything but that come on yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, so it's like when, it, when I'm writing acoustically, especially I feel like 
when I was doing more acoustic stuff, I don't, I don't know like how like you write, but it was very, it's more personal. I think I feel like that's a little bit more insight than like to me who I am as opposed mm-hmm. to the band thing where it, it's more of a broader spectrum, I guess. Did you write hearing multiple layers or were you able to write hearing something that sounded quote unquote full with just you and the acoustic guitar? I think I was, I was able to do both, but that's what kind of, like I said, I had so many songs written for a band. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I was able to differentiate between the two types this will come across better as just a solo acoustic song. This will hit better as opposed to this, which right. is going to need a few layers of dynamics. It's going to need the guitar, bass, drum, vocal, you know, whatever. And that really reflected how I, w- I would shape a song. So it's like, okay, this, if, I, if I'm writing for a band, you know, I need bigger choruses. I need fills and bridges and breakdowns and whatever, right? As acoustic, yeah. it's just very straightforward to the point. You know what I mean? I guess I've always been fucked up. I mean, I confuse in my writing the difference between arrangement and song. Every song that I wrote when I was gigging all the time, it was always a failure to write a song that was strong enough with just me playing. You listen to Needle in the Hay by Elliot Smith. It's it's missing fucking nothing. Right. But No, I know what you're saying. But I would write a song that had so much more going on in my head, I couldn't help but be apologizing for it in my face. Like... There's a guitar solo right. here. That would yeah. be like the lame joke I make when I'm playing the chords underneath the solo that isn't there. And it never felt yes. good. The other feeling was that everyone else could. I'm, I, I, I went way too into the weeds. I've heard both your solo stuff in the band. I haven't committed to it financially yet. No, it's all right. It's all sweet. And definitely... Um, Thank you. Well, as soon as possible, we got to get the show back on the road in the proverbial public stage yes agreed absolutely not even a question (laughs) so tell me like when you're hearing music and you find yourself pushed like you'll hear things in music that remind you of what you've done that you're proud of that you're not proud of that you haven't thought of before right what artists and what kind of things in a song have been the things that have evolved you as a songwriter so to speak i think starting out it it was (laughs) i think it was to get girls more than anything (laughs) (laughs) When, it, when I, I and maybe that's why all musicians started is to to get guys and girls. But um, growing up and uh, all the time that I did, anyways, it was uh, a lot of my friends and like older people that I knew. They they were super into '90s music. So that's Nirvana. That's Smashing Pumpkins. And I remember the first time listening to Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy, and the Infinite Sadness. That album really it shaped absolutely everything for me, writing wise. I mean, if you listen to that album, the dynamics, the atmosphere, the the writing, oh my God, it's it's still mind-blowing every time I put it on. And it's always something that I've always tried to strive to do is mm-hmm. make something that people can, like I did when I first listened to it, people can feel like, you know what I mean? I never want someone to leave a performance or leave a listening session or whatever it may be without feeling something. So I've always wanted, whether that be in the music, in the writing, the hook, whatever, right? Um, I yeah. want them to take away something from it. And those guys, without the Smash Pumpkins in general, I definitely wouldn't be doing any sort of music, I don't think. Like, those guys absolutely changed my life. Like you said, the, like the Beatles, like they set me free. 
that would be a, a top band. I remember seeing Marcy Playground for the first time, uh, which is oh, also wow. another favorite band of mine. John Wozniak, just a super, super cool front man. Just so down to earth. And it just made me realize it's like, okay, like you can be down to earth, not be a dickhead and still make these like fucking, you know, songs that people are going to be like, oh, wow, that's a, like a decent song. You know what I mean? Like I, we snuck into the, what, a, I don't even remember the, the venue somewhere in Toronto. I want to say it was like Sneaky D's or something. Yeah, I was like only 18 and, you know, seeing Marcy Playground live for the first time. Oh my God, absolutely mind-boggling. It was like, I want to fucking do that. So right. since seeing them and it's like, I want to write like that, I want to, you know what I mean? It was just... Uh, Marcy Playground, Smashing Pumpkins, Third Eye Blind self-titled album absolutely changed my life too. There, there's so many great bands I feel like that have come out of that time that were writing for the right fucking reasons. And they just happened to be right place, right time and got the airplay that, I mean, maybe over airplay, but uh, it's, it's well-deserved. So I think I've always tried to strive for that. Third Eye Blind is still doing it, aren't they? Certainly still doing it. Um, whether it's at the caliber as it used to be, I'd probably disagree. But they're still going. And you know what? I, I respect that as a musician. You're, you're still doing your thing, man. I mean, I, I can't fault you for that. You're always trying to push and do something different. Like, I don't want to be playing the same five songs that I did for yeah. 10 years. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Um, I, I respect that. So I noticed on your Facebook, I was creeping. Yeah. <laughs> There's a Halloween photo in your top nine. Yeah. And you're in a Riddler outfit with the bat. So you're in a Batman Forever Riddler outfit. Yes. Your co-star in that photo is in a Batman Returns-esque Catwoman outfit. Uh, yeah. My girlfriend. Very cool. Now, Thank you. tricky thing for the audience to try to wrap its head around at this moment because you're listening to this in January 2021. We're recording this yep. on November 28th, Justin Godley's birthday. I'm already in the holiday movie watching spirit. And I've always considered okay. Batman Returns to be a Christmas movie. For my money... <laughs> I respect that. I respect that. <laughs> it's the least popular one, but it's my favorite. I think it's a masterpiece of a movie. I like how dark it is. I love how Burton it is. And yes, I think it's kind of better than Batman with Jack Nicholson. For the longest time... Apart from when I saw them as a kid when they came out, I thought Batman Forever and Batman Robin sucked. Oh, about, yeah. How about you? Yes. I, you know, the thing I loved about, and it was actually a really early introduction into um, the Smashing Pumpkins for me, was uh, they had a song called uh, In the End is the Beginning is the End. I was always drawn to Batman and Robin for the musical aspect, not so much the acting and not so much anything else i mean i i would say batman returns is also my favorite and, that, yeah, and that's a wildly that, unpopular opinion oh certainly yeah i mean i nine times out of ten you're gonna be like no that's no it's not and it's like yeah but it is <laughs> it is <laughs> yeah it's always been um uh, jim carrey i thought he was a good good pick at least for the riddler whether or not the the movie was great no not really but if they retried that, I think they could maybe do it. I've heard online chatter. Some people have actually like tried to di digitally hypothesize what that would look like or something. Mad respect to the Nolan Dark Knight trilogy. Oh, Here's for, a, sure. for sure. <laughs> I, I guess I found Batman and Robin and Batman Forever so painful. I kind of avoided yeah. them for so long that... Have you tried those on with fresh eyes? Oh, man, no, it's been years. I couldn't even tell the last time I watched those. That's why I brought this up and rambled for so long. Try them on again. 
they do still okay. suck. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but I thought you were leading up to, to something <laughs> like, wow, you know what? Those were actually not bad. <laughs> Noted. I I will not go out and purchase that. Well, don't purchase it. No. They they yeah. made yeah sorry they made good good steal bank it. off that yeah steal it um, <laughs> yeah don't even go steal it yeah but try like them that. on again they're entertaining as fuck really? the story the story makes little to no sense it's very much as campy as the sixties television show if not worse wow and it's so ridiculous like the idea that like a bad guy just has goons that all dress up in like a goon uniform like that's ridiculous <laughs> uh, oh yeah get get Batman and then just out of nowhere these punks would just <laughs> try to go and rough them up <laughs> so it's it's one of those those movies get very high and just fucking laugh at what's going on yeah it's a comedy <laughs> i mean people watch reality tv is either right. of them better than the other i guess not me dressing up as that is more for my love of jim carrey than it is oh, yeah. um that movie being good did you ever see that SNL thing where Jim Carrey was hosting and they pretended to be Jim Carrey movie characters. Yes, I did. That is, yeah. <laughs> I did see that recently, actually. Have you seen uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie? We did go see that, actually. What did you think of it? I was expecting the worst and I was yep. disappointed by the fact that I liked it. Yeah, we thought the same thing. Wow, we were like entertained and laughed like more than I expected. It was like, wow, okay, I'd actually watch this again. Yeah. Like, it was good. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad that they went back in and re-edited it and did what they needed to. Yeah. There, there is a little bit of an age difference between us, but I feel like you you can still remember a time that I remember pre-Chris Nolan, most things had, the things that made them iconic had to do with the fact that you didn't see their story. You didn't see the grit and the things that made the characters who they were before they started doing the thing that you're watching them for. I'm yeah, playing Sonic the Hedgehog totally. as a kid, and he's just got beef with Robotnik. And we don't know why, yeah. but we're still in we're it. no idea. We're not crazy. Yeah. No, certainly not. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, there were people who wanted to see how Batman began. And so Michael Keaton yeah. just being Batman already was no longer good enough. And that's fine. And that's fine. And that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> hey, this next song, I just recently got back into Elliot Smith. I, I, I only first properly got into his stuff a couple of years ago. I wish I did earlier, if only musically. I prefer his early, almost completely acoustic stuff. And of the full band albums, though, Figure Eight is my jam. And this track, Junk Bond Trader, is a jam. Justin Briner got me into the Pumpkins' Melancholy, and this is me trying to get whoever needs to into Elliot Smith. Enjoy. Trash to the man Give the people something they understand 
How do you feel this year has been for you as far as the good stuff that you're going to take away from from it? The year that was what it was, 2020. Interesting question. Um, I feel like if I, if I can take anything out of this year, it's been rekindling old relationships and friendships um, with people that, you know, for first I'd say, and I'm super guilty of some, not because I don't want to talk to people, life gets busy, right? So if you can take anything away from this year, it's being able to, me personally, I've been able to reach out to so many people that, you know, meant so much to me for so many years. And it's just, we kind of lost touch just because that's what life is. But with all this time, being at home and really, you know, sitting in front of our phones or our TV or, or w- whatever it may be and chatting to people, I just feel better, like knowing that I've been able to extend, reach out to so many people that I haven't talked to in a hundred years. So I, it's not because I don't like them or it's not because I ever wanted to stop talking to them, but it's just, it's life sometimes. So I think that's the best thing to come out of this year for me personally, along with 
I've had a, I mean, a lot of inspiration in, in, in writing just because I think I, I thrive on depressive uh, scenarios. So, I mean, right. this is obviously super depressing, but I feel like if anything come out of it is it's a lot of good music. For me, writing wise, I think I'm, I'm writing some of the best stuff, I quote unquote, um, stuff that I've ever done. I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited to uh, relay that to the public as soon as this whole pandemic thing is over. So writing and people, and I, I feel like it's, we need this more than ever. And they, they go hand in hand, right? So don't lose touch uh, of your loved ones, whether whoever they might be. They matter. Just give them a hey, because I know I've, I've felt so good connecting with people that I haven't in so long. So, I think this will have been, I guess I got to say past tense for the listeners in January, yeah. a holiday coming up. Like Christmas is one example of a thing. Everyone's birthday in 2020 was affected. Everything that we gather and celebrate has been without being able to be in a group of people. And I think that this year is a good reminder that those things, that the most important part of them is, uh, is being together. Yeah, and don't take it for granted. Totally off topic and not at all on, I could go somewhere. I don't know where it is. I'm working on that. From what we were just talking about, yeah. there could have been a better place to go. But okay. burnout, how have you evolved yourself over time getting around or getting through burnout? Yeah, like, I mean, obviously writing is a way for me to cope from burnout. I mean, it's what I do for a living. You know, I, I actually work at like a mental health facility. Um, I'm, I work in receiving purchasing. So I, I see a lot of the hospital in every day. And it's one of those things that um, you really got to try to block out because what you see at, at work, at least for me, um, is just super depressing every day. So it's just one of those things you got to kind of go in with blinders. And when I get home, it's like, oh my God, it's like this weight's lifted off my shoulders. You know, it, my job's very physical. So coming home and relaxing, I, I tend to write a lot on my phone. I use notes a lot. Um, so anytime I kind of think of a lyric or anything, I'll, I'll kind of do that. And then when I get home, I'll kind of assess that. That's kind of my way of decompressing. Another, another huge thing, obviously, is music. More specifically, I am a huge vinyl advocate so i i've been collecting records now for probably 10 years <laughs> so i i come home and uh it's just one of those things where it won't as soon as i put a vinyl on just kind of chill out have a cup of coffee and i miss my records so good oh man it's i, I commend you for for moving so far away and not being able to take everything <laughs> <laughs> Are you living in New Hamburg right now? No, I'm actually living um, in Dundas, so just outside of Hamilton. Okay, I'll revamp. Obviously, you know that a bit further up the street from New Hamburg is, I think it's called Diamond Dogs Vinyl. The place on that street in Stratford. Uh, uh, yes, great vinyl shop. I know what you're talking about. Uh, but what, I don't know, close uh, to Dundas. It's escaping me the name, but there that, is a place uh, in downtown Dundas. It's pretty much, yeah, just like five-minute drive from my house that's... Uh, They've been an independent record store for, I want to say, going on 40 years. So it's been here a very long time. So I think when I first moved here, that was the first thing that I tried to jump on was connecting with some of the people that work there. And it's just such a nice outlet to go there on like a Saturday morning or something, you know, grab a cup of coffee, kind of walk the town and stumble into the record store. It's a nice, it's a nice release, man. I do it's hard to feeling. Hard to explain. Some people don't get it, but obviously, I mean, you get it apparently. So it's <laughs> it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, buying a new record, it's it's almost like, I mean, retail therapy is definitely a thing, right? Right. But 
what we get out of it, I feel like is you can't put a price on that. The music I've collected over the years, it's, it's kind of just like a, a journal of all the different feelings and paths that I've taken in the last 29 years, but more specifically since I started collecting records, because I feel like it's such a personal medium that can't be described until you kind of listen and sit down and, you know, you gotta, you gotta, it's, you're so involved. It's like, it kind of just takes your mind completely off of everything. You gotta be sitting there listening and okay, you gotta change the side and then you're tweaking different things. You're always trying to upgrade your system. You're how can I make this sound better? What can I buy? Different pressings. You know what I mean? So it, it definitely keeps my mind off of all the crazy stuff. Like I said, that I see every day. So I would say it's such a huge decompression thing for me is to go buy vinyl, listen to it. And yeah, no, it's, I, I would say it more than anything, it's vinyl that I stopped from burning out. <laughs> I, I'm not proud of my attempt at like throwing that out there as a question. It is a mm-hmm. universal thing that we all, we all experience burnout, but, and that is such a cookie totally. cutter modern podcast question that I can't believe I asked. Cause I feel like we're the class of the original thinking podcast makers. And I just went with the, one of the most cookie cutter son of a bitch questions, but you, you handled it by making the conversation interesting and talking about stuff I love too. So that's great. You hey. certainly have stories to tell given yes. what you're yeah. telling me about where you work. You could exaggerate. You could, you could make that the character that, you know, mild mannered, but silently uh, becoming yeah. crazy. I try to maintain my sanity with my weekly walk and coffee. And yeah. uh, I just had a thought about murdering yeah, Coming that. to channel 101, <laughs> 2021. Yeah. Oh, man. But you, you have healthy outlets, right? You, you're creative. So we understand that, like, it's whether it's music or podcasting, listening to records, yeah. we have stuff. It helps us get through. By comparison, my job is lesser, but I, I work for a, a post office in um in a very different kind of town than I'm used to. Right. It helps knowing that I'm sharing creative stuff. Uh, that that's that's of course it does. Yeah. Gives me all the energy I need. Also, food, yeah. air, water, and a stiff drink. <laughs> <laughs> that helps for me too. This is another track from the Wiltaways EP. I friggin' love how they made it live off the floor. Enjoy track four now. It's called Time.
apologize i didn't do any prep for this so there's no structure and i went way too long on the things i talked about not a problem this has been a blast it's it's been really fun um chatting about things that you know obviously it's not stuff that i normally would be like hey this is how i'm feeling about this subject (laughs) (laughs) so it's been a blast Sometimes you just feel like the people that you're talking to, based on what you've seen and what you do know, whether you've, like, yeah. I, we, you and I have never had a conversation before, so. No, it's the first time of us even talking. But sometimes you feel like, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm just going to say, I feel like Justin B is my kind of person. I feel like I get him to a certain extent, and he gets me. Yeah. 90s bands, Batman movies, uh, vinyl. Yes. You know? <laughs> Yeah. All right. So you sent me a link to a YouTube presentation of the Wealth Aways EP. Is it a live five track EP or is this a presentation of performances of all the songs on the EP? Yeah. So there are performances, obviously, with a little bit of, of studio editing. So it's a bit different than the EP. It was kind of cool. Uh, my aunt, basically, for my birthday last year, one of her boyfriend's cousins um, owns the studio up in uh, Wyerton, Ontario. Really, really cool studio. So from where I am, I think it's about four hours up north, right? What she did was bought us a bit of studio time. So we had, I think it was about six hours that we were able to go and record whatever the hell we wanted. So as many takes as we could, 
we had six hours of time to do all of this stuff. So we actually hashed all of these performances and songs out in six hours. So we were pretty hyped about that. We practiced a shitload before we went up and yeah. um, it turned out just for our first endeavor anyways, I, I think it turned out pretty, pretty okay. So it's kind of hyped on that. So yeah, all of those, uh, that playlist there is all just performances of the Holy P really. Oh, that's brilliant. I dig that. And let me just try to frame it in a way that doesn't sound like I'm just talking about myself, but I feel like there's a really cool thing. And like when you're in this group of people, like you are with the will at the ways, like, you know, your own setup, you've had yes. all <clears throat> you have and have always had probably conversations about creating stuff. And you kind of know exactly the limitless, like, you you know, the makeup of, of what you like to do and having the control over it and being able to say, yeah. You know, we're we're gonna decide that this is either gonna take two hours or two months or two years. Totally. The make the making it is it isn't it kind of cool when there's an opportunity to thrust yourself into old show business where it's literally like you're just in this environment where time equals money and it's like yeah the pr- the pressure is uh, and that's another thing that the I adrenaline about, even just the, the yeah like the and about the industry is just. Uh, and being kind of like a solo acoustic musician for so many years, it's like I've always just relied on myself. So now I find it just like kind of, you know, I got three other guys here that if I fuck up, it's not even really going to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, obviously I'm the, I'm the front guy, so it's more of the thing. But I mean, I can get away with some things if I, you know, muff the guitar or do whatever, right? It's it's not going to come across. I got these three other guys to, to hide it for me. So <laughs> right. I, I've always just kind of thrived on pressure situation so it's just like okay i have this much time um let's practice for a fucking week straight get these songs down and hash this shit out and like like i said i've had these songs down for for um some of them anyways for at least a few years right so it was just okay let's go in and just do this i know i know it like the back of my hand now so nice I'm, i'm just saying to you that i like that you're among those who haven't uh like a good music venue closed down or closed up shop on the creative projects. I like knowing that you're still keen on everything. And I like knowing that there's, there's a potential chance that uh, we could set up a time where we could share fucking coffee and, and and walk down vinyl street, vinyl records street. Hey, absolutely. Todd. Anytime, man. Like I would, that's like I said, that's my, my outlet. So yeah, I would love to. I do. Here's to the. Why did I start that sentence? Yeah. <laughs> the Wiltaways links below. Justin Briner's solo yep. albums links below, and they should never go offline. Pull the plug podcast yeah. link below. I've been a fan for a very long time. All three of you have been very, very good to me, and of course the the little godly baby. Oh, of course. Can't forget about him. There are some people that I sort of know. I don't know, but like in the circulation of the social media for this podcast, as far back yeah. as when I had Shannon on, I think because we're all friends. And shout outs to you. Uh, thanks for coming back to listen to this episode. And uh, I appreciate you too. Um, <laughs> Justin, thanks for your time. Huge shout out to you. Thanks for reaching out. And um, this has been an absolute blast. And I, I can't wait to uh, spam this podcast as soon as uh, it goes live. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show. Starring, produced, and edited by Todd Donald. The piano music in the rap is by J.P. Sunga, who you can find at jpsunga.com. 
The theme music is Mackie Alkino by William Chernoff. Find him at chernoff.band. And I'm Milo Axelrod, Todd's favorite bar none human voice. And I'm not bragging, he wrote this. If you'd like to hear more of my voice, check out my podcast, Describing a Rock, in which I describe some rocks. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Please support The Todd Donald Show by sharing it with anyone who might enjoy it. Follow and interact with at Todd Donald Show on Twitter and Instagram. And if you feel like going the extra mile on iTunes, please subscribe, rate, and review, preferably in its favor. Have a great day, friends. Thank you.